So anyway, we're going to have this uh, lesson on leadership today and uh, wanted to do a little bit to explain uh, why and uh, the subject for the meeting that's coming up was mentioned um, this morning and it's about commitment and as you um, look at this idea of leadership you know a lot of us think well you know that's that's not me that's somebody else you know uh, somebody else going to take charge somebody else going to do this or that somebody else going to get this started and um, really when you think about um, you know, who do we follow and why? Uh, and one of the reasons we're having this guy come is this idea of, you know, how do I lead others to Christ? You know, how, how do we be effective with the lost in the community here around us? Um, how do we do that? And I thought it was interesting. Um, I'd had a discussion with a guy in Oklahoma services few weeks ago when I was going about commitment and then I got this guy's uh, outline and it was about commitment and I was thinking about this subject as it relates to uh, the idea of commitment and when you think back about the characters that you think of as leaders in the scriptures um, Joshua of course is one of the ones uh, that we would obviously be talking about this morning but when you think about Moses, his predecessor, um, you know, the difference between Joshua and Moses, there were differences, right? And the differences between Moses and David, there were differences. You know, the, so all the leaders weren't the same. But when we think about Christ, who's actually our, sta you know, our standard in all things, um, when you think about who am I going to follow, uh, sometimes it's the one who's in power, right? Who am I going to follow? Well, it's the one who's in charge. It's the boss, uh, and it's because they're the boss. But when you think about um, who am I inspired to follow, and it's often got everything to do with the commitment level of the person that's there, right? What you know, Who am I excited about following? Right. Or, or, you know, who would I follow anywhere? And it's going to have to do with trust and commitment to a great degree. Those things are going to they're going to come through. And when we think about how can I be effective, um, is it going to be just in the things I do? Or is it actually maybe even more so going to be in the things or in the things that I say? Or is it going to be more about the things that I do? Right and how committed I am to those things that I'm saying, you know. And so when I, I just wanted us to think about leadership with regard to ourselves personally and, and, and what kind of commitment would I make to this thought or these ideas. A few quotes. Um, these are just some quotes that you'll find when you start looking for this subject of leadership. A leader is the one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And that sounds a good bit like commitment, right? Um, a good leader takes a little more of his share of the blame and a little less uh, than his share of the credit. Think about what that means. 
you know. And is that not uh, the kind of person, you know, think about relationships. You're trying to save the lost. Uh, do people tend to go along with these folks pretty good? Um, and this other part, when you think about leaders in the scriptures, important work doesn't wait to be done by perfect people. And the scriptures do a great job of revealing that to us. There's a job to do, and perfect folks ain't the ones God's looking for to do it because you won't find them. So I'm going to do, I'll, I'm going to, pull these verses up so Matthew 20 25 through 28 but Jesus called them to himself and said you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them it is not this way among you but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 23, 2 through 13. The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe. But do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men, for they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So, when you kind of look at, especially this example in Matthew 23, and you start thinking about, you know, what's the problem? Do they lack the authority? Do they lack the information? You know, what it, what it is they lack is the commitment to it, right? The commitment, the action. Um, we see that they're short on action. And when it looks like you're trying to find what their goal is, is their goal to take responsibility? Or recognition. Right? And think about ourselves as we go out and we're dealing with the lost. Are you looking for recognition? Or do you take seriously that responsibility? Do you want to be seen as like the Pharisees? Or do you want to be effective? 
Is this something that you feel a responsibility to go do? And do you think it's evident which it is to the people that you're dealing with? Okay. Um, This is kind of a... I don't know that this is the way folks thought when I was a kid, maybe, but when the going gets tough, the tough find a better way. That seems to be the way of things now, right? Compromise, that's leadership. Isn't that what they say? Ability to compromise? Um, I, you know, this idea of let's find a consensus I'm in charge. We're going to find what makes everybody happy, and I'm going to help us move to that. And that's not leadership at all. Uh, but that's kind of where we are in thought. Um, you know, this idea, let's be reasonable, right? Um, when I think about the characters in the Bible, Jesus himself, do you think that the folks in, of his day thought of him as a reasonable character? You know, um, the idea of getting around a problem rather than going through it. Um, March, uh, Mark fourteen thirty six, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Um, So we know that there was something that he didn't want to do that his father wanted him to do. Um, But how did he approach that? Not our will, but his will be done. I think he found out for us and set that example. We know that there's no getting around what his will is, right? So, think about the life of Jesus and what you know about him. And this idea of leadership, does that mean financial prosperity? Is that what that means? The foxes have holes, but I don't have a place to lay my head. Is that right? Always covered up with faithful followers. Is that the situation for Jesus? Think about Moses. Was he always covered up with the faithful there? Or did he confront problems? Was it difficult? Um, Can leadership, I guess, be lonely? Okay. I get to do what I want to do because, after all, I'm the leader. And there again, think about the standard that Jesus left us. Um. You know, it looks to me like the leader's got the hardest decisions to make. Um, I'm the leader. I'm going to be well-liked and admired by lots of people. I see Stanton. He's shaking that head. He knows. Um, Just in the last week or two, we basically were reading about people picking up stones to stone Jesus. Is that well-liked and admired by lots of people? Oh, wait a minute. This is a favorite. I'm above the menial tasks. Right? 
no more menial tasks for me. Because after all, he's the son of God, right? So who remembers the story of Jesus washing the feet of the apostles? Right? Think about that. Supposedly the lowest job there. Only the servants would do that, right? And what example does he set when he does that? So, does being a leader, you know, when you think about this idea of being committed to what we've been told, to the Father's will, especially in this idea of reaching out, um, is that you being committed to that, is that going to lead all these great things. So here we are with Joshua. So I'm going to read Joshua 1, 1 through 11. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess it. What are some things we don't see from Joshua in this story? Is he debating, arguing about what his role is and what he should do? Is he trying to get around it? Uh, what I like in verse 10, does it look like in verse 10 that as soon as he got his instructions, he was getting busy? He was getting busy. He was on a schedule. He was getting it done. Uh, you don't see debate or delay from Joshua. All right? Joshua 5, 13 through 15. 
Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, No, rather, I indeed come now as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his feet, face to the earth, and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand, where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And, of course, you all know the story that's about to follow there. Um, we see both bravery and humility in that one little short reading. Uh, when, he, when he sees the angel of the Lord there, he wanted to know, are you for us or against us? You think about, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what that looked like. I don't know if that looked like a regular fellow standing there <laughs> or not. Uh, it appears that those angels could look, you know, like regular folks. But anyway, he confronts him. And as soon as he figures out who he is, as soon as he's told, uh, what do we see? We see then immediately humility, obedience, right? And we see in the follow-through that comes immediately after that that um, he understood uh, his place in the thing and was... Um, obedient to God's will. And here's a famous one. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And what does that quote tell us? about Joshua and his commitment. Was Joshua just committed to the popular parts of his instruction or his position? No. Seems like he was committed no matter what anybody else was going to do. So... I've got a few kind of why me uh, readings, and uh, I've got a here am I send me reading. And we'll look at this, these different attitudes here. Uh, remember, God can use you, uh, but it is a lot nicer when you cooperate, right? All right. So, uh, of course, we're going to read about Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down to it, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So, when it came to leading people to repentance, I should have put that that, jo that Jonah doesn't like, right? Uh, where was he at on that deal? He was out. He was out. Not me, not me. That was Jonah. We know how it went, though, right? 
Uh, and was he happy about it when he did? When he did, he was not. Uh, not the perfect example of leadership there, by the way. All right. So Exodus 3.10, Come now therefore, and I will send thee to Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Wait a minute. I don't know that I'm the guy. I don't know that this is for me. Right? Who am I? You got somebody else. And Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since. Thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Do you think that that's what God believes about you when you say that? As an excuse not to be committed to do this work. I can't do this. I don't speak good. I, you know, I'm not eloquent, you know. Is that... And do you think God believes us when we make that excuse? So, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. I like this verse. I've read read this thing in a lot of different contexts. And... There's a lesson I teach on providence um, that, I mean, this is a fabulous statement when you think about it. He is looking, he's actively looking to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. If you've got the will, he's going to make it work. Right? That's a promise. Y'all think about that. To reveal himself through you so that you might lead someone else to him. How cool is that? What kind of relationships can you establish here on this earth right now and right now? Just by being bold a little bit and realizing that he probably meant that when he said that. So I like this one a lot. Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with the two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. 
When I, then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. You think about this story. Uh, Was he afraid? Was he scared? Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined. Was the man scared? He was scared. Would you be scared? I'd be scared. All right. Um, Did he feel worthy? Did he feel worthy? Because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Did he feel worthy? But, I mean, how great is verse 8? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. So, he was scared. He didn't feel worthy. But what was his attitude? And where are we in those things? I think that's pretty awesome. So was it because of his own ability or his confidence in God's ability? Which, which was it? You remember the statement we just read where God's looking to make to show someone strong? Through him, right? To reveal himself through you. Do you think uh, he knew about that or was thinking about that or was he thinking about his own ability and his own worthiness in those moments when he made that statement, here am I, send me. Right? Luke 10, verse 2. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, Lord of uh, the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. So, um, does God know that there's not a lot of willing workers? Does he know that? And what kind of joy do you think it brings to him when you are the here am I, send me person? You think that is the most common person that he deals with or knows? Or is that the uncommon? And go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Should you be scared just a little bit, maybe? 
aware for sure, right? You should be aware. Uh, is this going to be rewarding again through popularity? Is it going to make you financially prosperous? Is it going to uh, relieve you of menial tasks? You remember the list? We kind of know when we read something like this that that's probably not what that's going to do for me. Am I equipped for this? Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Well, what do you think? Are you equipped? Are you created in Christ Jesus for good works? Titus 2, 7 and 8. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. So if you do the things that you say, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Is that a defense? To just be a person of the word and a person who does the word? To be committed? First Timothy 4.13 Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Well, is the implication that there's going to be some people actually hear you say some of this? That's the implication. Second Corinthians twelve nine, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, um, we know who wrote that. We know who's saying this. And we also know that he had some infirmity or weakness. <clears throat> and uh, is that an excuse? Well, I'm, I'm somewhat less than perfect. Um. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. So how and by whom are we equipped for the job we're given? But without faith is it impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 1 Peter 5, 2, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Uh, you know, basically letting you know that you should have motives, right? But make sure they're the right ones, right? Uh, you need to understand that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, but... Um, you know, this is probably one of those opposite is also true statements. What do you think? Do you think he's not a rewarder of them that don't diligently seek him? Right? 
So last slide, slide and kind of closing thoughts. Um, the parable of the talents, um, and for time, I'm not going to read that because I know that y'all are familiar uh, with the parable of the talents. Uh, it's in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Um, there's a verse here we'll pick out uh, of that reading. Um for unto everyone that hath shall be given, and, to un, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath, and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we remember the parable of the talents, right? And was there anybody who didn't get anything? There was the guy that got just the one, and was he excused from not using it? He was not excused. Do y'all remember what he said? Cast him out, right? Uh, called him lazy. Wasn't happy about it. Um, we've got some ability... And with that ability comes responsibility. Uh, you can't say you don't have opportunity because he says that the fields are white for harvest. He says it's out there. So you've got ability, you've got opportunity, and with that comes responsibility, and that is leadership, and that is commitment. So if we find ourselves... Um, uh, willing to submit to God's will, and this is the first time, and you've, you've not been baptized, and you'd like to do so, we would invite you to do so. Um, if um, your commitment's been a little bit less than you think it uh, should be, if you've uh, committed some sin that you'd like to confess uh, here, or you just need the prayers of the saints, we'd encourage you to come forward as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. Promises, kind is the word, here for the